Episode 7. Ooh, that's got to be lucky. It's going to be short this time, friends. Um, thank, you for, uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, I know that I'd lose most of my listeners within the first five minutes, so this is probably no exception. I've been up all night adapting a show that I used to do on stages from uh, public theater to Brava theater to... Uh, Borderlands Theater in Tucson, a show called Latin Standards that is, well, it's always about a lot of things with me. My shows are complicated, but it's a lot about my father, who was a big influence on the life that I I lead. And he was from Cuba, and he started performing there, and then made a name for him in the emerging uh, Latinx, I didn't call it, they didn't have the X, and they only had disease, but Anyway, you know, the Latino community in New York in the uh, 50s and 60s. And then, you know, he had his ups and downs, as many of us do in this entertainment arts scene. Um, And it also has this other story uh, folded into it about a queer uh, drag queen club uh, run by Latinos uh, serving the LGBT, Latino community, the gay and lesbian Latinos, working class who lived and worked in San Francisco's Mission District and have been pushed out in the last 10 years or so. Um, So it's a story about me putting on a comedy show at this Latino, Latina drag queen club called Esta Noche. And it was also, the, the club itself has been, well, it's People love it, and the memory, it just becomes more powerful, I think, the, the more we miss it. Um, but it's it's sort of, it's got both stories, and it's, it's a lot about holding space and a lot about intersectionality of being a lesbian and being a brown person and uh, how the communities reject us and embrace us uh, when they're working properly. So anyway, I adapted the show uh, from the from the theater piece into something that I can use on Zoom. Uh, I have so many photos from Esta Noche and from my, my father's heyday. And so another another little present from the pandemic is that this really works great on Zoom because I can bring in all this stuff I couldn't when I was playing, uh, you know, small theaters and touring. I couldn't really do all the projections that my director, David Schweitzer, had put into the show when it opened off-Broadway. But now on Zoom, I can. I can have overlays. I can have virtual backgrounds, and they come out looking pretty good. So that's what I did today. Haven't slept. So... I think, oh, and uh, tonight I'm doing a show, uh, the show that I curate for Brava Theater, and the headliner is Cristela Alonso. I'm very excited. She's Everybody on the lineup is wonderful, but she was the first ever, <laughs> I don't think there's been one after, to have her own uh, sitcom, uh, and the show is called Cristela, and besides being amazing and funny and a writer and uh I think she's got a podcast as well. Um, She's also a political activist and very involved in this election that we're all 
crossing our fingers. Uh, those that pray, pray. Those that wish, wish. Those that drink, drink. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it's my... Uh, I'm going to pause this here. Okay, I'm not sure where I left off there. I was very excited and also disoriented because I forgot that I had ordered some uh, some food because what's good inside but some delivery of umami fries? Uh, so I've got umami fries waiting for me. So you know I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, tomorrow, I am co-hosting the GLBT Historical Society's uh, gala. It's called Reunion, Making History. And uh, and we've been at in rehearsals uh, for hours this week. And it's, it's really fun. I, you know, I work solo all the time. And Peaches Christ is so funny and smart and so gracious. Um, I want to uh, turn this over uh, to Christian, who is um, so such a great storyteller and a magician. And, um, you know, uh, this is his busiest month, October. He has, for about 15 years, run the San Francisco Ghost Hunt Tours. He'll give you the exact website for that. And it's it was a year-long thing, but... Um, now it's like very concentrated in October. And then he also has a magic show that you'll hear about. So without a further ado, Mr. Christian Kajigal, the amazing Christian Kajigal, how does he do it? Uh, okay, so I'm going to start this over again. Okay, okay. <laughs> Christian Kajigal, Mr. October, thank you for taking time out from um, uh, wrangling ghosts around San Francisco <laughs> and tourists in the virtual world. I was wondering if you could just give us a, a taste of what we might hear on your ghost tour. Yeah. So uh, uh, the, the San Francisco Ghost Hunt has been my walking tour that I've done the past few years. I helped create it 20 years ago. And um, of course, COVID happened. And so now I'm doing the virtual version. I call it SF Ghost Hunt Virtual Fireside Stories. And now I get to tell people stories from all over San Francisco, not just the neighborhood that I usually do the tour in. So uh, I'll, I'll give you one right now. Um, this is straight from what I'm doing uh, on Fridays and Saturday nights. I usually show a photograph of the uh, Balclutha sailing ship, the three-masted sailing ship that's docked out at the end of Hyde Pier, an aquatic park, uh, and um, by, right by Ghirardelli Square. And, um, and I tell people how it's not unusual. Tourists along the water or folks who live up in Russian Hill um, will call up the cops in the middle of the night and say, hey, get out there. The Balclutha has gotten loose. And the cops just chuckle. And they say, thank you, we'll get to it and hang up. Because they know the Baklutha did not get loose, nor will it ever get loose. It is just the ghost ship. Uh, 1890, the Norwegian sailing ship, the Squando, sails through the Golden Gate. And at that moment, the captain discovers that his wife is having an affair with the first mate. Now he is willing to forgive her for retribution. And so one night she's having a tryst with the first mate in his cabin, getting him good and drunk. And when he's fully wasted, takes his arms, 
wrenches him behind his back in the chair. That's when the captain comes barreling in through the door of the cabin, wielding an axe in his hands, and lops off the first mate's head. The headless body was found floating in the bay the next day. Uh, The captain, his wife, and the head were never seen or heard of again. The next captain, murdered by the crew. The next captain, also murdered by the crew. They sail it back to New Brunswick. Crew immediately abandons it. They get a night watchman on it. He abandons it. They get another. He abandons it. Because everyone claims to see the bloody, headless figure of a man walking through the corridors of the ship. It's eventually just torn apart for salvage. But I recommend that people in their nighttime COVID adventures head on out to the bay, especially on a nice moonless night when the fog is hovering real low over the water and you squint out into the dark and you might see the foggy outline of a three-masted sailing ship sailing from point to point to point kind of as if it's lost its heading. (laughs) Oh, oh, I love it. Thank you, Christian. I can't wait. I can't wait to do both of your events. Um, uh, What, but, um, but the captain's wife just, uh, she just kind of went under the, under the sea, huh? She's, I mean, I don't know. We don't know. The captain, the wife, and the head are gone. Um, yes, yes. Captain, wife, and the head, just the headless body. Yeah. That was one of my biggest fears when I was a child. Yeah. Headless people. And I'm afraid of headless mannequins. Uh-huh. And, uh, and they, they were doing this for a while. I mean, I haven't seen a real store in a while, but it was, wow, all these headless mannequins. I mean, how much more would it cost to put a head on one of these people i wouldn't want to i wouldn't want to wear the clothes of a headless dismembered body um i love your voice i love your stories now when uh when did you start your fascination and career oh uh with magic or ghosts uh well how are they they oh okay i mean both i guess yes Uh, um, I mean, I was always, I was always both into entertainers and I was also into, uh, the paranormal. Like I, like I would watch unsolved mysteries, but just for the ghost stories. Right. Oh uh, yeah. And yeah. cause I was always like in- interested, like, Oh, what if something is real? Like, what if you could get, a- get around all like the trickery stuff and then like, is there something left behind? Um, mm-hmm. and then kind of uh, this third journey goes into magic and then theater um, but kind of the paranormal or it's debunking originally was always kind of a part of the part of it on the side. Um, and then that's what started you then was the paranormal. They, they kind of work together. They're kind of, you know, you're, you're a little nerd kid and you're kind of into all these various nerdy things. Was your motivation to debunk or to find out it really exists? Uh, yes. <laughs> Right. right. Like if I make sense, like debunk the stuff that's worth debunking and what's left behind might be, might mean that something exists. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. 
Now, these days, I am, I, you know, I am very much the skeptic, uh, but I'm not like the angry atheist debunker who's got to like yell at everybody for believing in ghosts. Um, while, while personally, I don't believe in ghosts, I feel the spirits of haunted places, if that makes sense. The energy. Yeah, they say it's all energy. Right. right? That's what we go back into. Yeah. And so like I love like walking into a place that's been noted for being haunted and sort of feeling its history. Um, you can feel, you know, at an old place, you can feel the life that's been in those rooms and, 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 and on those walls. And I love feeling that. And I love hearing the, the stories and like, even to this day, I'm not really into horror films, but I love hearing stories of haunted places and getting to visit them. Um, getting, getting to hear the so history. You're not of the watching legends. any, you're not watching any horror films in October. No, it's never been my thing. I've never cared. Yeah. I've never cared about horror films or scares or, or gore. Um, I, I'm I'm fixing to watch, but you know I'm there's I don't like the ones that are just violent. Uh-huh. I I like the suspense. I've never been able to watch The Exorcist, but you know Jesus, you better work, uh-huh. yeah. right? Uh, we were on the phone the other day, and he told me one of his favorite movies is Slumber Party Massacre, <laughs> which is just a full on. <laughs> Slasher film that was actually written by a lesbian feminist uh, <laughs> novelist uh-huh. who who created. I mean, I probably wouldn't have been a lesbian. I wouldn't have been even like like when I was really militant. It was mm. all because of Rita Mae Brown, and mm. she wrote this cheap '70s exploitive uh, horror film where it's just all these uh, teenage girls at a party, and you know what happens? Right, right. The pizza comes and they're gone. Right. Um, well, I want to uh, let you get back to uh, everything you've got to do because you have two projects going on mm-hmm. uh, this month, and then the ghost hunt is is year round, right? Uh, I mean, right now the the virtual ghost hunt is just is just Fridays and Saturdays, um, and and then I'm doing uh, and you can you can find that at sfghosthunt.com, um, and then there's uh, my magic show happening on Thursdays called Sortilegios. And that is essentially kind of magic, some storytelling. I do audience engagement, participation. The magic happens in people's own hands in their own homes. Um, and uh, I, I just, I am so curious about that. <laughs> and uh, and yes, I'm doing those on Thursday nights at seven o'clock. The the SF Ghost Night is happening Fridays and Saturdays at seven o'clock. And then I'll probably it's I I have tomorrow and next Thursday I have some other shows sporadically I'll probably continue doing the the, the magic show throughout the winter um so and you can find that at at Christian Cagigal C-A-G-I-G-A-L uh, dot com you can find the link there or just search it on Eventbrite so where's the ghost hunt was all year round mm-hmm. virtually it's only going to be October yeah that, that what I'm hearing yeah okay. yeah uh it doesn't okay uh, uh there seems to be lots of interest for October but I, I think if there's still more interest, I'll continue throughout the winter. But I think I'll just continue doing the the magic show through the winter. And, you know, once COVID is over one day, I can go right back out to telling you ghost stories in real life. Oh, we're going to have more ghosts. Yeah. That's for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, now, uh, okay, I just want to ask you some uh, silly questions. Uh, but if you, if you weren't... Uh, the artist that you are now, what would you be doing? Like if you had a, a job outside of the arts, what do you think it would be? Oh, huh. I mean, I could be an archeologist, but an archeologist, but I also don't like dirt. 
<laughs> I hate dirt. So I'm like, ah, camping outside. Yeah, you could be a manager and then you don't have to touch it's anything. That's true. Right? If, if I could like glamp, if I could glamp archaeology, I would do that. Um, did you grow up in the Bay Area? Yeah, Daly City. Oh, uh, could could we love you more, Christian? <laughs> um, finally, so we have your website. Mm. Uh, we understand that. Jump on that ghost hunt now because it's October. And uh, but also, you know, get get Christian's magic show in also in October. You can't have enough uh, Christian Kajigal <laughs> in October. Unfortunately, um, he has more to offer for the rest of the year. Okay, what would be? I, you know, a lot of uh, magicians have been in my life mm. lately well oh, not but I'm sorry. just two 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 more yeah. yeah two two more you are my only <laughs> magician and mentalist but uh david david Hirata oh, and and david regal oh good i don't know if, oh, uh, yeah how did you come across david regal had those cross paths those past cross um i did a benefit for um for an organization that raises money to flip the states okay um and they're they're uh and then they choose a beneficiary nonprofit. So this one was for the AFL-CIO. Mm -hmm. And then they randomly put four of us together. John Kassir, the uh, voice of Tales from the Crypt. Mm -hmm. uh, myself, uh, this comedian who's worked with uh, Linda Lapinelli. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't want to get her name wrong, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> and then uh, David closed it out with some a political card tricks. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Uh huh. But you know what he doesn't have? Mm. He doesn't have the top. He doesn't have the top down camera. <laughs> it's really, it's really about that. He's got to get his game it's on. <laughs> yeah. No, I want. I was the MC, and I wanted to just, you know, unmute myself. You need a top down <laughs> camera, Doctor Christian Castro. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what? Uh, I, I. Okay. I'm just going to ask this silly mm. question. What is your advice? to any aspiring magicians listening or ghost hunters. Oh, <laughs> um, aspiring magicians listening right now. Um, you know, don't do drugs. Stay in school. Um, <laughs> um, that, that, that's the answer I deserve. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, uh, uh, oh, wash your hands. Wash, How about wash, wash your, your hands. hands. <laughs> learn, to, learn to do magic on Zoom because you're not going to get to do magic for real people for at least another year. Oh, that is, you know what, that's, and yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's learn to do, learn to do everything on Zoom. On Zoom. Christian Kajigal, thank you so much for your time in the busiest, busiest month of <laughs> thank the year. Thank you very much. For a talent like you. <laughs> and you. Uh, I'll be uh, I'll be on that ghost hunt. And, and then I dare you to make magic in the house. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Talk to All you right. soon. Thank you very much. Yes, thank, thank you. you. Umami fries. Yes. Wow. After like seven months, eight months, or a couple of years of pandemic, you gotta order you some umami fries. Oh, they're piping hot. It is very exciting and uh, hopeful, and we need a landslide for Biden-Harris. And I can say that because I don't have to be, uh, I don't have to pretend on my podcast. I just have to decide, and I've decided. I decided. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm a Democrat. I'm a Democrat. If you'd like to leave a comment, uh, why don't you leave a voice message? Oh, that's so nice. I mean, it's like, if I don't get these uh, voice messages from listeners, I don't know if anybody's listening or if it matters. And, uh, and then all I really have to fulfill myself is these umami fries. Um, yeah, I'm just losing, you know, losing my shit. Um, but, you know, I'm getting work done, you know, I, but, but at the same time, as a human being, I have lost my way. Last night, I watched the season premiere of The Bachelorette, and I tried to tell myself it's because she has the power over these uh, strange men uh, slash models slash uh, bad fathers who need to bring that issue on there. And this... This uh, uh, bachelorette, her name is Claire Crawley, and she's from Sacramento. It kind of feels like, I don't know, like that would be a common popular name. If I have a daughter in Sacramento, I would name her Claire Crawley. That would just be her first name, Claire Crawley. And um, she is, she has made history for uh, generational power by being the oldest living bachelorette in bachelor nation bachelor nation god that i don't know what's worse the republican party or bachelor nation but i guess i mean i can't i don't know i can't watch the, i can't not watch these programs because i feel that it validates me as a lesbian to watch them but claire crawley has been i don't know what her last name is claire crawley um was 39 years old at this and and they have they have done, they're in a COVID bubble. She and 36 um, hetero men, they all, they were going to do the show and then there was COVID and it was really, and she was really crying about it because she didn't know how long the pandemic was going to last and she's 39. She didn't know if she'd ever have a chance at love. I mean, once you hit 40, forget it. Then you have to date Marga Gomez. Sure, we need a vaccine. Sure, we need treatment. Sure, we need a compassionate president and vice president who understand. But we really need this season of The Bachelorette to happen. And uh, what else? Uh, oh, I guess time is up. Uh, all right. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, keep it good inside and stay away from the bachelorette.